Welcome to the School of the Word. This is Lesson 8 in our teaching series, As in the Days of Noah, titled America Revealed. Our teacher is Alan Smith. So as I'm doing this teaching today, as in the days of Noah, I'm wanting to, um, I'm always trying to cover, a, it seems like a lot of material, a lot of, uh, I, that's my goal. I tend to not get that, but that still doesn't change my goal. I have the same goal this morning of covering a lot of um, this teaching is, uh, but as the days of Noah were, that's what we're building this uh, as in the days of Noah. Also, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now that is a, uh, it's, it's one line, it's one statement in the scriptures. It entails just so much, uh, just, so, just so much vast information that comes with that one statement. It's comparing the days of Noah with the coming of the Son of Man or the second coming of Christ. And so let's watch this as I try to weave the truth through these scriptures. I wanted to start it today. Is America in the Bible? That's a question a lot of people ask. Uh, is America mentioned in the Bible? Is it in the Bible? Where is America in the end times? And so that is part of our focal, a little bit of my focal point this morning, or I could say it's maybe just a, a, a hidden, hidden gem that we could get into. Now, I do have to cover some material quickly as we get into this, uh, to this concept is America in the Bible? People are asking that question all the time. Where is America? Is it in the scriptures? What? How do we play a part? Well, I'm here to tell you that America plays a big part, plays a huge part, and we can see it in the scriptures, but we have to look for it to find it. If you're not looking for it, you're not going to find it. So I'm going to try to lead us this morning and how we can find that. Now, if you've listened to my teachings prior to this, um, Jesus is the bridegroom, we are the bride, and we know that the bridegroom will be coming for the bride, which is us, the church, the bride of Christ. It says this in 1 Thessalonians, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice for our archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, it says, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he goes on to say, Comfort one another with these words. And so these are to be comforting words, and I've taught you in the last few weeks that this catching away is actually, it's a big event. It's a huge event. I've had people ask me and say, well, Alan, how is God going to sneak that many people off the planet? My answer was, he's not going to sneak them off the planet. This <laughs> is the whole idea. The whole idea is to shock the planet. So these words are to be comforting. And... uh so as we see this, this called up experience, and that's the reason I've, try, I've tried to bring emphasis to it, the reason is it is important is as the bride of Christ, that is when we actually get our new bodies. It's when in the called up experience. So I don't want to, a lot of people say, well, Alan, I don't believe in the rapture. I don't want to do all this. I said, it's okay, but 
but there's going to be an extra new body laying around because that's when you get it, you see. And so it, it's a very, very important event that we cannot do without. Uh, that's the problem. We, we can't do without the event. We got to do something with this event. And uh, so now as I'm moving uh, quickly here, I got prophecy versus the secret. Y'all have followed my teaching. This is secret. Uh, prophecy equals second coming. Secret equals the bride and the church. It's called a mystery. It was called a secret. Uh, it says in Ephesians that beforehand it was kept secret from the apostles and the prophets. Uh, the apostle Paul says in Ephesians 3. Um, so we got prophecy and mystery. Uh, we're to be ready. It makes no difference if you're looking for the second coming of Christ or if you're looking for the called up uh, time of Christ. We're to be ready. Now, we're seeing signs now of the second coming is, is what we're seeing. We're seeing signs of the second coming. The scriptures gives us these signs and seasons of the second coming. Well, I'm of the persuasion that we will be caught up in the air before the second coming. So if I see the signs of the second coming, that means the called up time must be even nearer than the second coming. That's the, what we're looking at. Now it says this in Luke, Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Now that word ready, be ye ready there, is a huge, this is a huge spiritual concept, a huge spiritual term. As Christians and believers, we're to be ready at all times. So we're the bride of Christ. The bride was to find herself ready because she did not know when the bridegroom cometh. So she's to live her life as though she's ready that he could come at, at any moment. And that is a spiritual uh, awakening when we understand that concept. Now, the Great Tribulation is the result of a rejected invitation. I began the, the three invitations last week. The tribulation, we have to understand, is the results of the first two of an invitation from God to the nation Israel to come to this wedding. They rejected the first two invitations, as I've taught you uh, last week. So then we have this, what's called the Great Tribulation, and in this we'll read it. In Matthew 22, it speaks that the king gets mad. Titus comes through with an army, destroys Jerusalem. That is the beginning that was a beginning um, uh, event of the Great Tribulation right there. Israel was scattered. That was the beginning. But then, that, then after that, I've taught you about uh, parentheses, and we'll get into that. But Jesus uh, defined this, and uh, he quoted Daniel 12 and Matthew 24. For then shall be a great tribulation, such as the, not since the world began to the world of this time, no, nor ever shall be, and except those days should be shortened, there uh, shall no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So we went over that uh, in the last two weeks, actually. But I just wanted to put it up there <coughs> to show that this is when these invitations are rejected. It's a big deal. Now, Jesus was aware the Pharisees were plotting to kill him. When we get to Matthew uh, 22, uh, they were trying to catch Jesus and saying something incorrectly 
about the scriptures, about the laws or whatever, because they were plotting to kill him at that time. Now, the parables he taught in the days leading up to his crucifixion needed no interpretation for his enemies to know he was prophesying judgment against them. So as he kept prophesying and he was speaking in parables, his enemies still knew that he was saying, judgment's coming on you. And they could fear, feel the fire of God, this wrath to come is, is the way the Scripture says it. Jesus spoke in parables after Matthew 10. If you remember what happened in Matthew 10, uh, they accused Jesus of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub. And it was at that time Jesus said, okay, after Matthew 10, this is a, for a prophetic, prophetic reason we'll get into later, just uh, put a mental note, after Matthew 10, Jesus begins to speak in parables, and he starts speaking in this spiritual language of telling stories after Matthew 10. Before then, it was more of a direct speech. After that, it was a, it was a parable-type speech. <clears throat> now, that leads us up to Matthew 22, uh, the parable of the marriage feast, and it illustrates Israel's rejection of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, and the wrath and the judgment of God that would come upon Israel. And this, that's what this is about. So as, as we're reading this and we're going through Matthew, I want to go in a little more detail uh, so we can really grasp what this Matthew 22 parable is speaking about. So we understand this parable as the king's invitation. Now this is a parable that is part of a series of parables whose theme is a warning of God's judgment that would soon fall on religious rulers of Israel and the nation for their rejection of Jesus. Now we need to take note here. I don't care what you think or how you want to decipher it or what your theology is or if you have any or if you don't have any, if you believe in God or if you don't believe in God, doesn't make any difference. To reject God leaves you with no excuse. Just remember that. To reject God is a big deal. For some reason, especially in Western Christianity, we think it's a multiple choice or I can choose to if I want to. Well, the truth is you can, but there's consequences. It's best to go with the flow of God. Now, here we come into this parable of the marriage feast, and I want to get, because I'm sure y'all want to know where America is in this marriage feast. Hopefully I can get there. All right, the parable of the marriage feast is in Matthew 22. We started the last two weeks. We're going to dive in a little deeper this week. The king in this parable is God, of course. The son that is being married was or is Jesus Christ. Now, this is key. The servants are responsible for inviting the guest. The servants in this parable are responsible for inviting the guest. And I shared with you last week this first invitation, of course, will be John the Baptist and those servants, and we'll look at it here just a little closer. Now we got to recognize the three invitations. There's a, there's a, there's a. I'm going to speak to you about a stealth, a stealth movement of the dark side. A stealth movement of the dark side is to erase distinctions, and we're seeing it today with gender and just whatever you, just whatever you want to say. What is, what is good is now called evil. What is evil is now called good. And so what's happening is the enemy is trying to blur distinctions. Now, distinctions are important for identification. 
They just are, <laughs> okay? I don't say that that's maybe a tree. <laughs> that might sound silly, but we're in that day. We are in that day. And they're saying, well, I think that tree's identifying as a bush. Right? How, I saw this little cartoon the other day, and there was, they were in Tour de France where they had those motorcycle things, I mean the bicycle things, and there was a guy on a moped riding in it with him, and he says, I'm identifying myself as a bicycle. <laughs> and it does, it sounds ridiculous, but that is the day we are in. Now here, but now here's, as, as silly as that sounds, here's, here's what we got to understand. The dark side is trying to erase distinctions. Without distinctions, you cannot make decisions. Without distinctions, you cannot identify. So the stealth movement of the dark side is removing distinction. And it's just trying to, you know, we just got a blurred mess. So distinctions are very, very important. If you look at the scriptures, distinctions are mandatory. Because nowadays people are looking at the scriptures and they're trying to blur them and say they don't mean what they say. The only thing you got to do with the Word of God is let it say what it says, where it says it, as it says it, how it says it. That's all. It just is. And you don't try to skew it into a cultural concept. So here's the three invitations. We got one, two, and we got three. Now the first invitation we'll see is to the nation Israel through John the Baptist. The second is, uh, invitation you'll see is to the nation Israel. It's going to be through the disciples, and we'll look at that one. And then the third invitation is to the whole earth. Now, here's what you got to, uh, I want you to associate. Third invitation is to the whole earth, All right? As in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. All right, as in the days of Noah, God was dealing with the whole earth. The third invitation is to the whole earth, as in the days of Noah. God didn't start dealing with the people until Abraham. They were his chosen people. Pre-Abraham, Abraham being the first Hebrew Jew, pre-Abraham, God wasn't dealing with a group of people. He was dealing with the earth. Then, for whatever reason, he said, I'm going to start speaking to the earth instead of me dealing with the earth. He, he, he employed this group of people to dispense his truth to the earth called the Jews. And so God would speak to the prophets of the Jews and he'd speak to the Jewish nation, and they were to take the truth to the world. As in the Great Commission. Everybody remember the Great Commission? I'm going to show you how the Great Commission is the commissioning of the second invitation. I've also taught you this. Three includes one and two, but one doesn't include three, right? So the third invitation, guess what, includes first and second invitation. That's what you got to remember. But the first and second doesn't include the third. You just do simple, simple math is all we have to do. Also, this is a, what I call a hermeneutical law. Once God says something, it's His law. God, God doesn't have to go back and say, I, okay, I, I didn't mean it that way. He doesn't do that. He fulfills what He says. He might 
uh, sacrifice turtle doves here, and then Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice, right? But it doesn't change the truth of the turtle doves. They were a type. They were a shadow it's to give us revelation understanding to the completion, completion of that prophetic uh, understanding. So we've got one, two, three invitations. The third one includes one and two, but one and two doesn't include three. So the third one, though, is as in the days of Noah. It's going all of a sudden, God sets Israel aside, Hebrews 11, 11, And then he all of a sudden, he says, I'm going to have this third invitation. I'm going to go to the whole world again. Oh, this is as in the days of Noah. This is like God was doing before. He's not dealing this through his chosen people. So if you can't make that distinction, you'll blur Israel and the third invitation. You'll mess Scripture up. Some scriptures to first invitation, some to second, some to third. Now, so people say, well, Alan, do you think, well, what about the Jews today? They're, they're under the third invitation. There's neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither bond or free. People are trying to resurrect Judaism today. I'm not. I'm about the third invitation. Are the Jewish feasts and all that have meaning? Yes. Three includes one and two. It includes all of that. Yes, it includes it, all of that. But we've got to realize and we have to make a distinction where we are in this book. We've got to know what time it is in, in this book. So understand that the third invitation picks up in the prophecy as, of as in the days of Noah. Now, the first invitation we can see here in Matthew 22, and Jesus answered and spake unto them, again by parables, and said, this is Matthew 22, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. So this invitation, God's relationship with his people is a relationship of a marriage. Now, it's good to have love in a marriage. But it's better to have love in a marriage that has commitment. Can you hear that? I'll ask you this. Love will not run any longer than the commitment. Love, love comes and goes, or love feels good one day and love feels bad the next day, but commitment is the same day after day after day. So commitment is a spiritual understanding of the people of God. Whether we feel like praying for somebody for healing or not has nothing to do with it. We're committed to it. If we feel like giving somebody the gospel, it has nothing to do with it. We are committed to it. We don't feel like praying, that's okay, but we're committed to it. So which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Excuse me, love or commitment? It's commitment. That's what, that's what comes first. Now the love of God that God's talking about can only be revealed to you through commitment. The love of God's not a sweet, fuzzy thing. The love of God is spiritual revelation from the Holy Ghost that causes you to love Him so deeply you would not dare sin against Him. How do we get there? We don't rubber belly and pray. How do we get there? It's through understanding that we have committed our lives and our hearts to God. It's a commitment is what drives the spiritual life. So we see here that He sent forth these servants. Then He goes on to say, we see that it's hard to believe that a king had a wedding and his own people did not want to come. That would be heartbreaking. 
John the Baptist, we know, put forth that uh, first invitation in Matthew 3, 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness to Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, as I said previously, we're in the third invitation. Well, this is first invitation. I told you three includes one and two. So we still have the message of repenting for the kingdom of God's at hand. You've got to understand something. The third invitation crowd has it all. I just hallelujah. We got it all. We got it all, and we got it free, and we got it through grace. My heavens. My heavens. Okay, let's move on here. Repent ye for the kingdom is at hand. And he went on to say this. Then went out to him uh, Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But he, and when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the what? Wrath to come. Do you see that? Now the wrath to come is the wrath of God. This wrath, when you see this terminology, and I taught you last few weeks, tribulation, and, and being mistreated, uh, being to, to go through tribulation that has been put on to you uh, by man or Satan himself, that's tough, it's rough to go through persecution and tribulation. But that is not the wrath of God. When the wrath of God hits this planet, you won't ask the question, is this God? You will know this is the wrath of God. Right now, America, is we are dealing and experiencing a consequence of sin. Consequence of sin. It's built into the sin. The consequence is just there with it. It comes with it. Is that the wrath of God? No. No. It's not. We're still under grace. But trust me, we're pushing it. <laughs> we're pushing it. All right, let me go on here. In Matthew 3, 9, And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham, see where he says this, to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. And now also the axe is laid into the roots of the tree. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. There again, is this to me? Well, sent first invitation. Well, problem is one and two are included in three. So this, uh, the revelation of this is still applied to me and you. It, it, it's, so you see, with the grace of God, it's free and all of the above, but the problem is there's greater responsibility. So the greatest responsibility is on the third invitation graph. We got the greater responsibility to much that's given, much is, is required. So here's we go on with John in Matthew 3. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with what? And with fire. There's the fire again. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now that fire there is fire that burns and is hot. And um, you say you want the fire of God. 
uh, just be sure you have the correct definition of what you mean with the fire of God. This fire is hot. Okay. We're going to Matthew 3. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee. This is so interesting to Jordan and to John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest to thee. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. So we see here that the first invitation was given by John the Baptist and Jesus. Jesus personally. They had a personal invitation from Jesus. So it's with this that we see uh, Jesus is identified with John's baptism. You know, that they both were under this first invitation. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. So with the first invitation, they had John the Baptist, and they had Jesus with this revelation of the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus to give this second invitation. Well, this symbolism here, prophetic symbolism of the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus is Jesus went around doing many miracles. He did signs and wonders. He healed the sick, he raised the dead. The lame could walk. So we see with this first invitation, Jesus walked around in uh, power to to try to bring a convincing to them to come to this marriage supper. That was the invitation that was even done by power. So we need to understand something. We, if we have in our minds, if God would just do a bunch of miracles, that our church house would be full. That's not the way it works. It's just not the way it works. We're wanting miracles so people will be saved. Well, I understand the concept. For some reason, humans don't respond that way. You are drawn by the Holy Spirit of God. That's right. Come on. Now, we all enjoy the miracles and want them. Trust me, I've been a product of you know, several healings. I'm all for it, is what I'm saying. And so, but we, but we don't want to have this concept of here Jesus and John went out with his first invitation. Jesus went in power of signs and wonders, but yet they still did not come. Now, so here is the. Uh, of the second invitation as it starts. Now we see the second invitation here. It's in Matthew 22, 4. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his uh, merchandise. So we see here that this second invitation is given. Also see in John 1.11, he came unto his own and it says what? And his own did what? They received him not. So we see here that the second invitation, we know the answer now is that they did not receive him. Now we have the same invitation, but another set of servants. First invitation is John the Baptist, Jesus himself. Second invitation, this is the 12 disciples. So we have Jesus, the last part of Luke goes to the disciples. They didn't know it was Jesus. And we're going into this season now, uh, what we call Easter season, the resurrection of Christ. And we see that Christ was with them and he came to them there and showed them and said, look at my hands, look at my feet, give me some meat to eat. And so they saw them 
Jesus said, listen, what he was doing was, he was saying, I'm commissioning you to give this second invitation to the nation of Israel. And that's what he was doing. Now, here's what I call the commissioning of the second invitation. It's Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. So this is what we call our great commission. Well, this is in the second invitation's commissioning, but three includes one and two. So we're, we're commissioned also, but this commissioning was given to the second invitation. He, he, Jesus told him, said, now y'all go into all the world, but you, but you got to start somewhere. He said, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I command you. Oh, I haven't got that part in there. But where, what he told him to do was to start in Jerusalem and then go out to the other most parts of the earth. There again, prophecy. Abraham, God speaks to Israel. Israel takes the truth to the world. Prophecy. That's what this is talking about. Second invitation to the nation Israel. Important to make those connections. Now, they had the second invitation. First invitation had John and Jesus. Jesus had the power. Second invitation, he had the 12 disciples. And then God says, I'm going to up the ante. I'm going to up the power. Uh, uh, and so it was now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared <clears throat> and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher and they entered in and found not the body of Jesus. And it came to pass that they were much perplexed. And behold, two men stood by them in garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in the Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. And he went on to say, Behold my hands and my feet. And that is, I myself handle me and see me, for the Spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had thus spoken... He showed them his hands and feet, and while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broad fish and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now you see where he referred to here? I had to fulfill all of these things that are written. But you've got to understand the third invitation wasn't written. He was fulfilling and speaking to them about the second invitation. He was saying, I have fulfilled all of these things. And he said unto them, thus it is written and thus it is behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple doing what? 
praising and blessing God. Now, here we have Jesus speaking to him. The second invitation picks up, and here's where it picks up. He told them to go back to Jerusalem. They went, and the day of Pentecost was come. They were all one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. Now when this uh, was abroad, the multitude came together were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They said that every man would hear in his own tongue. This is what I'm wanting us to see in Acts 2. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to these words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. So here we have this prophecy. Jesus says to them, Go back to Jerusalem. Wait on the Spirit. Why were they waiting on the Spirit? It's because the second invitation was getting ready to go out to the nation Israel. God was going to empower them with the same power that Jesus had. So they go back. They sit there. All of a sudden, this is prophesied in Joel. And in this prophecy, it says that these things, you go back and this is going to fall on you. This is the empowerment side of the second invitation. And he says this is that spoken of by the prophet Joel. And now the second invitation here is added with power. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Now, everyone in here, I'm sure, is aware of the Scripture. But this is half of the prophecy. This is the first half. He says, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And so in this second invitation, he has poured out his Spirit. Now, remember something. When God says something, it just is. It's law. It doesn't ever change. So this is a prophecy that was given. Now, the second half of that prophecy is about the moon being turned to blood. Y'all remember that? And start, things are going to happen to the stars and in the heavens. All right, those things haven't happened yet. So here's what I want you to see. This prophecy of Joel, and I think I probably got it here, is a parenthesis in the invitation. So the second invitation, here it has, at the end of the second invitation, all of a sudden, this prophecy of Joel is what we call a, a parenthesis. Was in this prophecy, God stops it. How does God stop it? He sends blindness onto Israel. Why does he blind Israel? Why did God blind Israel? Had God not blinded Israel, the Joel, prophecy of Joel would have kept going. But God, but Israel had already rejected the first two invitations, so it's not like God blinded them against their great joy of following the Messiah. They had rejected the first two invitations. So God sent, blinded them, lest they be any get through and believe. He blinded them. Because he had this parenthesis to stick in here 
what's called the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, this, this grace given to this earth. So now, just watch this parenthesis in the second invitation. And I will show you uh, uh, wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. Of the sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood before that great notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this, this prophecy has a parenthesis right in the middle of it. Now, the parenthesis here, that second invitation... You see, God's made promises to Israel. Does everybody believe that? And I also told you, once God says something, it's just law. So God's made promises to Israel that hasn't happened yet. But guess what? They're going to happen. Why? Because God said it. God doesn't go back and say, uh-oh. God said it's going to happen. So when we look at the Scripture, we see this parenthesis that's in here. And we see through the Apostle Paul that, that in, he, in, in 11, Romans 11, 11, that they've been blinded because God had this secret message he wanted to reveal to the earth. And it was the blood atonement of Christ. So we, said, we got this parenthesis, and then it says in Matthew 22 here, and the remnant took his servants and, and, and treated them spitefully, this second invitation, and they killed them. And we know that's what happened to the twelve. And, and, and when the king heard thereof, he was mad, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. So that happened, and, and, and uh, Titus came through. Uh, Jerusalem destroyed it in 70 A.D. So that was the beginning of this destruction of the mad king, or, or the wrath of the king, uh, so to speak. So we see Jerusalem got scattered. All of that happened. Bam! But something happened. The rest of that prophecy didn't continue. It stopped. And I'm telling you, it stopped because God blinded Israel, because he had the secret to reveal. Now, I want you to see something here. The wedding is ready, but their original guests rejected it after being invited twice. All right, first, second invitation. They rejected it. Matthew 22, 8, 9. Then saith he unto the servants, The wedding is ready, for they which were bidden were not worthy. The third invitation was a secret. First two weren't. Third one's a secret. So we see the wedding's ready according to Matthew 22 in this parable. And so in this Matthew 22, the mystery, the church, the secret, wedding guest. And so you got, in, in Matthew 22, it says, all right, now go out into the highways and hedges, invite everybody in, good, bad, and ugly, right? Y'all know the scripture. To invite everybody in so that the wedding is full of guests. So we find ourselves living in this time of the third invitation. Now, here's, a, here's, here's the mystery. The church is the secret wedding guest of the third invitation. That's huge. It's just it's like, oh, wow, God, wow, what a great idea, right? Now, look at this in Matthew 22. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out to the highways and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished. So who are we to invite in? Well, they don't look just right yet. Well, you know, they're lost. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to invite everybody in. But he's assuming the church has enough power that when you come in, you're going to be converted. The reason we're worried is they'll come in and convert us. That's a problem we shouldn't be having. 
So is now the secret or third invitation distributed to the earth. So here we got this third invitation. Now you got to remember something. Prophecy was that the tw second invitation was that the twelve had the great commission: start in Jerusalem, go to Samaria, go to other most part. But God stopped that. You all get that? God stopped it. So now we got this third invitation that was a secret, and God's still going to scatter it to the whole earth. Did you know that? So what did God do? Well, this is all a secret. It's all a mystery. Now, the third or the third invitation is tribute to the earth. On July 4, 1776, founding fathers wrote the United States Declaration of Independence. They won the Revolutionary War and started a new country. All right, you want to know what, where is America in the Bible? I'm fixing to tell you. This is a young country. 200 and some years old. We're an infant. The gospel's been around now for 2,000 years. We're a little over 200 years. You had the gospel down through the dark ages and all the way through here. Then there came the printing press. Then all of a sudden, God started recovering His Word. Printing press. People got it. They started reading it. Salvation by faith. And you had all of these things happen. Then you had the prophets. You had prophets back in the 1700s. They come with all this revelation God was giving them. And we had the time of teachers. We had the time of we had all all of this truth that we now enjoy has been recovered in about the last three hundred years. Now a lot of the monks and stuff kept it in secret. It was kept, but it wasn't going out to the whole world like it is right now. Remember, the third invitation includes one and two. We're fulfilling the great commission that Israel was supposed to do in two, which they will do in tribulation. They'll do it. But right now, we're doing it. Israel's not doing it. So keep that in mind. So God raises up America. People say, well, I don't know that God raised America. Listen, God raised up this country to distribute his word to the world. We have this kinship to Israel and we can't figure out why. It's because we're doing their job. That's right. Wow. We're the brother that's helping the other brother that can't do it now, so we're doing it. So God raised us up to distribute the word of God to the world. That's our purpose. Now, watch it. America is the country of the parentheses. That's who we are. America is a secret. It's not in the Bible. We're part of the mystery. We're part of the day of grace. That's who America is. That's the reason you can't find us in there. We were a secret. God snuck up on the devil with America. And when America quits doing her purpose from God, America will cease to exist. I've had people ask me, Alan, do you think America will be here during tribulation? I said, probably not. Because I think this group, we're going to be caught away. I think we're going to be taken away. What's going to happen to America? I don't know. We're not, we're not even talked about. Because I know, though, we have ceased to exist with our purpose. Yes. America is a, nothing but a parenthesis in the prophecy of God. That's what America is. That's the reason our founding fathers and, and, and for us to be a Christian nation, it's the reason it's so important is having God we trust. Yes. All of these things are so important. We're not here to negotiate it away. Right. That's good, Al. 
It's not ours to negotiate. Now, America is not in the Bible, for it is part of the mystery or secret of God. America is the country of the third invitation. That's who America is. There's been more missionaries sent out of America than any country on the planet. Even though we're slowing down now. We have evangelized the world. Why were we blessed? Because we were issuing the third invitation to the world. That's why. You know this guy? Why was Billy Graham so prosperous? He was giving away the third invitation to the world. What are we to be about today? Given the third invitation to the world. And I prophesy and I say to you that America will never regain until we regain our calling and our purpose. That is to evangelize the world. Now as I see us waning in that and our purpose going away, the only thing I can tell you is America will go away with it. I know people don't want to hear that. That's the only way I can see it. Because we've been put here by God with a purpose. As long as we don't cease from our purpose, we will not cease to exist. And I believe the devils from hell would like to stop America with everything within, more than any nation next to Israel. It's got to stop America. We've got to stop compromising God's word, his reality, and his truth. Because there lies our purpose in existence. Amen. I'm going to have to stop there. I'm going to have to leave you right there with, with that, I guess. So let's stand. Lord Jesus, we love you. I thank you for your word. And Lord, you know our deal. If there's anything that I've said is not you, I ask and pray that it would fall to the ground. If anything that I've said is of you, I ask and pray, oh God, that you would quicken it to our hearts. Dear God, I personally would like to repent to you for America where we have uh, are leaving our purpose and our call that's from you to take the gospel to the world. Lord, I pray that all missions, Lord, I pray that missions in this house would increase, that we would send out more missionaries out of this house and that would be a huge purpose of why we're here. And that we would re-equip everyone in this house to be a missionary. Dear God, let us repent by returning to our calling of taking your gospel to the world. Let us be that in third invitation. Anoint us, O oh God, to take it. And Lord, we know that our invitation has power to, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to heal the brokenhearted. Dear God, empower us with your invitation to the world that you might be glorified, that we might fill up these guests at this wedding feast. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.